We're going to continue on in uh, this mini-series we have going on called New Beginnings. And uh, if you remember, just a couple of weeks ago, we had uh, talked about what it meant to uh, walk in uh, the reality of being a new you um, and, and what that meant. And as you're walking in, in the new you, you're receiving a new spirit, um, you're embracing a new heart, and you're engaging a new mind and what that means for us uh, as a community to do day in, day out, to, to live in, to breathe in and out that rhythm of, of Jesus. You, have, I, you are making me new just as you are making all things new. And you've given me a new spirit. Um, and you have given me a new heart. And uh, as I partner with you, you are renewing my mind day by day. Um, and so uh, for this morning, um, for us to be able to get to where I want to land today, which is to cast a little bit of vision for this year, um, we need to talk about what I was going to talk about last week. Um, because otherwise, anything I say after that will make zero sense to anybody in the room. Um, Isabella is excited and ready to go. Why, why aren't the rest of you running around the room with ribbons right now? So excited about what God is going to do today, right? Come on, like, keep leading us in worship. I love that. That's so awesome. Um, just think, do you ever wake up, and maybe this is just me, but do you ever wake up and, and you feel like today is just a repeat of yesterday? All right, you wake up, and for me, the, it usually looks like this. I'm getting up. I'm helping get the kids ready, I'm making sandwiches, I'm doing all of that, they finally get off and ready to go, I'm, then I get the chance to get myself ready so that I can go and I can start my work day, and then I'm doing a little prep where I'm meeting with people, and my day, you know, might vary a little bit, but it's the same block of time um, that ends just in time for me to be able to receive the kids back, and then dinner is getting prepared and homework is being done, um, and then, you know, uh, you're getting ready and, and sorting out, cleaning up a little bit, we hope, um, and then uh, getting ready to get everybody down for bed, and then you finally have a moment to stop and to breathe, and you're like, okay, now I'm going to start to read that book, or maybe catch up on that show, and you open the book, or you turn the TV on, and what happens within five minutes? You are asleep, and then the alarm clock goes off, and you're up again, and you're getting the kids ready, and it just feels like day in, day out, the same thing over and over and over again. It's like you replay the same day. How about maybe replaying the same day isn't what you're feeling, but maybe sometimes you replay moments in your life over and over and over again. Maybe some of those ones that are attached to regret um, or some kind of heartache or sorrow or even, even ones that are great. And they keep you in this rinse and repeat cycle of life where you're just going through the same things over and over and over again. Um, I think there's no greater depiction of what this feels like than the 1993 uh, movie classic, Groundhog Day. Remember, story of a cynical TV weatherman named Phil, finds himself reliving the same day over and over again in 
Puxatawney, Pennsylvania. Um, is there for the Groundhog Day celebration. Um, and each morning, uh, he wakes up, he wakes up the first morning, the alarm clock goes off, um, and he starts to live that day. And he gets through the day, and then he realizes he wakes up the next morning, and the alarm clock goes off, and it's the same announcer uttering the same phrase. First, he doesn't notice it, and then he lives that same day all over again. And then it happens again, and again, and again, and again. The writer of, of Groundhog Day actually says that he intended for Phil to go through 10 years of waking up and experiencing the same day over and over and over again. Now, while that might feel like a stretch, some of us actually, that's kind of what our lives feel like. In a blink of an eye, 10 years goes by and we just go, what have I done? I feel like I'm no different today than I was yesterday and I'm absolutely dreading tomorrow. Uh, there's actually one website, just as a side, that tried to calculate also, uh, taking in the fact that he like learned French and you know, did all of these amazing things in the course of the movie, that if he were, you were to actually plot all of those things out, it would have been 33 years and 350 days, um, which tells me some people have way too much time uh, to figure that kind of thing out. So he's living this day, day in, day out. Um, and at first, he kind of continues in that cynical mode, right? That, that whatever, I can do whatever I want. Right? And he's trying to just do whatever he wants and get away with whatever he wants. And then he starts to dread each day, knowing that he is just going to wake up and tomorrow is going to be the same. It's just going to be more of the same. And on several occasions in the middle of the movie, he's trying to even end his own life to make that day go shorter. And then one day, he realizes that these days aren't things to dread, but they are actually opportunities to become better. And so he begins to engage each day, embracing the opportunity that the day has given him. We remember together that our focus here is this phrase or this verse in Isaiah 43 that says, Behold, I am about to do something new. Even now it is coming. Do you not see it? God promises us that every day is full of new possibilities. Every day is full of new possibilities. We can only see it when we come regularly into the presence of God, the one who loves us and is calling us to live each day as a new day. And so today we are going to look at uh, this part of our new beginnings that causes us to embrace a new day. In fact, I just want to declare that over us this morning before we get into anything else, that it is time for a new beginning. It's time for a new beginning. I don't think there's a person in this room that in some area of your life, you're not just going, man, I wish I could just start over. Well, it is time for a new beginning, and today is your new day. It's a new day. Say that with me. It's time for a new beginning. 
right? If you really are feeling that, like, yeah, man, it is time for a new beginning. Grab hold of that, right? And declare it. Today is a new day. Come on. Today is a new day. We're going to look together at three keys to engaging a new day. These are going to be from uh, Scripture uh, in Lamentations, not from the movie Groundhog Day. So you can have your Bibles open to Lamentations, not your scripts open to Act 2, Scene 4, or wherever we're going to be. James, I'm sorry to disappoint you, man. So the first key to engaging a new day, as we're going to look at Lamentations, I'm going to read through this a bit. But the first key to this is we have to be able to reconcile yesterday. If we're going to begin today new, we have to reconcile yesterday, right? Because let's face it, like yesterday oftentimes for us was filled with a lot of disappointment and pain, and we have to be really honest with it. We can't gloss over it. We have to lament it well. And, and we go into this reconciling, remembering that God can handle the worst that you have to say to him. He can handle it. How many times have you woken up today already feeling defeated because of the choices that you made yesterday? How many times have you woke up and not wanted to face today out of fear that it would be just as painful as yesterday? And so Lamentations is a great place to go uh, to learn how to lament well. It's right there in the name. But to, to not just grieve well, but to do it in a way that is expressive. Uh, years ago, I was a spiritual director for a class uh, at a college. And uh, in spiritual direction, um, they, would, they would have us go on a retreat, and then we'd take these folks that we had been walking with all along the way, um, and we would give them assignments. They had about six to eight hours of, of alone time. Um, but they were very dedicated times. Like they had to have an assignment during that time. And uh, there's one guy in particular, and he was, just, he was just carrying all of this anger right under the surface. And you could just, you could see it. It was always sharp. There's always, always a little bit of a bite of, of tongue in his response to you. Um, a lot of sarcasm, um, you know, peppered his language. And so I took him out to a great big rock, and I stood him on top of that rock. And I said, hey, I want you to stand or sit on this rock. You can't go anywhere else. This rock is your home for the rest of the day. And he already looked at me, and I could see the anger in his eyes. And it went for the next... I think at that time it was six hours. I want you to just let it all out. We are deep in the middle of the woods. Nobody can hear you. You might scare some deer, some squirrels. Um, and that'll be okay. But you gotta let it, you gotta let it out, man. Because it is killing you. And it is holding you back. And so it was about 30 steps back that I could hear the first yell and scream come out of his mouth. Um, 
And it was about 100 steps that I heard the first laced, laced uh, uh, expletives coming flying out of his mouth, all directed at God. And I went, yeah, God can handle the worst that you have to say to him. Because he wants to handle our pain. He wants it. He, he knows we're disappointed. He just wants us to get honest with our disappointment so that we can heal from our yesterday. We reconcile it. That means we, we take the account of our days and we take, especially when it looks like it's in the negative, and we bring it back to zero. That today is a zero day. Your day starts at zero every morning when you wake up. But you have to reconcile yesterday to get there. That means we're confessing our hurts and wounds. That means we're confessing our sin. And God says, yeah, if you want to experience a new day, reconcile your yesterday. Here's how uh, the author of Lamentations, who um, uh, most scholars would agree is the prophet Jeremiah. The same one that said, you know, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, the plans to prosper you, to give you hope and a future. Everybody's, like, favorite verse, right? And it's that same Jeremiah. And here he is. His city has just been destroyed. The livelihoods of the people around him are gone. Homes are gone. It's desolate. It is hopeless. People he knows around him who he's loved and cared for are dead. And he just starts it, and he says, uh, Lamentations 3, uh, chapter 3, verse 1, he says, I am the man who has seen affliction by the rod of his wrath. He has driven me away and made me walk in the darkness rather than light. Indeed, he has turned his hand against me again and again all day long. He has made my skin and my flesh grow old and has broken my bones he has besieged me and surrounded me with bitterness and hardship. He has made me dwell in darkness like those who are long dead. And he has walked me in so I cannot escape. He has weighed me down with chains. Even when I call out or cry for help, he shuts out my prayer. He has barred me my way with blocks of stone. He has made my paths crooked, like a bear lying in wait, like a lion in hiding. He dragged me from the path and mangled me and left me without help. He drew his bow and made me the target for his arrows. He pierced my heart with arrows from his quiver. I became the laughingstock of all my people, and they mocked me in song all day long. He has filled me with bitter herbs and sated me with gall. He has broken my teeth with gravel. He has trampled me in the dust. I have been deprived of peace. I have forgotten what prosperity is. So I say my splendor is gone and all that I hoped for from the Lord. I remember my affliction and my wandering and the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them and my soul is downcast within me. Have you ever had one of those days? One of those moments where you just say, God, I've given you all that I have and I feel like I've lost it all. Yeah? Come on, this is the honest. Let's get honest with reconciling yesterday. Jeremiah was having one of these days. He's having one of those years. 
And here he is, crying out before God, laying it all out there, questioning him. Asking him, did you, did you cause this to happen? Have you left me here alone? Jeremiah is getting, gets brutally honest with God. When is the last time you got brutally honest with God? I shared a couple of weeks ago a story where uh, I had a picture of being laid out on uh, we were talking about God giving, giving you a new heart, and I was laid out on a, on a gurney as we were praying, and I saw this picture of me laid out on a gurney, and, and God uh, started pulling out these, these stones from my heart and asked me if he could take them. Um, that shut down pretty quick, and a little while later, praying with some friends, I picked it up, and then I realized as those rocks were getting pulled out, I started getting angrier and angrier. And, and I was encouraged in that moment, like, it's time for you to just get really honest with God about how you felt about that time of your life and what was going on. Um, uh, this last week, uh, I got word that my Uncle Mike passed away. Uh, my Uncle Mike uh, was a steady man in my life when I was younger, um, in a time where, uh, especially when my father could not be uh, the man he needed to be as he was trying to get his life in order um, and situated. My Uncle Mike uh, was the one who drove me to my baseball games. My Uncle Mike taught me how to throw a ball. He taught me uh, how to, he took me to my first Phillies game. Um, introduced me to his friend uh, who uh, actually played the early Philly Fanatic. So here I'm an eight-year-old kid and I'm like hanging out with the Philly Fanatic. It was an awesome thing for a kid, right? Um, if you don't know who that is, it's the mascot of the Phillies. He's fantastic. Um, and uh, in, in that season where I was very much always saying God why did you leave me alone why was I abandoned was I unwanted um, was I was, was I not good enough did I, did I do something to cause my parents divorce was this my fault Uh, when I was going through this time of prayer, uh, he reminded me of Uncle Mike. He said, I didn't leave you alone. You weren't abandoned. You were wanted. Your presence actually helped him heal from his own divorce and uh, loss of relationship with, with his child. See, when we reconcile yesterday, God gives us a perspective that allows us to come into today and, and the new morning that he promises with us and, and gives us an opportunity to reset. And so while the first key is, is reconciling our yesterday, listen, we have to do that, and it is best done in community. That's why. River communities are so good because those are the places where we are gathered to talk and to pray and to be able to help one another reconcile um, some of our yesterdays um, so that we can come into today and uh, we reset today. That's the second key. We reconcile yesterday. We reset today. There's a powerful word here. As Jeremiah goes in, and he's, he's lamenting, and he's laying this all out, 
and, and he's pouring all of his, his heart out to the Lord, and he says, yet this I call to mind. He stops himself. No, yesterday was not good, yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. This I call to mind. This I call, I, I, I realize I am calling all of this, this, this offense that I have to mind, and, and, and I'm, rather than that, this is what I'm going to call to mind, because I can't live here. If, if I stay here, it's going to destroy me. And I'm going to end up angry and bitter and alone. Yet this I call to mind. I know that that is true and is painful and it hurts. Yet this I call to mind. And therefore, I have hope. Yet is the language of reset. See, when you're having a day or a week or a season, yet becomes very powerful language. I know this is happening. I know this is what I'm in the midst of yet. I will choose to remember. I will call this to mind, and therefore I will have hope. And this yet causes Jeremiah to focus his thoughts not on the heartache, although it is real and it, it, is, it is needing to be dealt with, but to focus his thoughts on, on the love and the compassion and the faithfulness of God. And it causes him to declare today as a new day. I know a bunch of stuff happened yesterday, but today is a new day. Today is fresh. Lamentations 3, if you go down to 22, 23, he says, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are what? New. Every morning. Great is your faithfulness. God, great is your faithfulness. I want to read that again. Would you close your eyes? Because this is, this is true for your season right now. That is, his spirit is, is offering the reset of a new day. He's saying the, the, the love of the Lord over you is great. And while you are feeling the pressure of this, you're feeling like this is going to take you out, you will not be consumed. Because you have his compassion, and his compassion never fails. You, every morning, there are new compassions, new mercies. Even that, that word, that, that idea is a new grace that is given to you. That, that grace, right, it is, it is something that is unearned. That means every morning he is, he is offering you like a reset button. And you didn't do anything to earn it. That was, that was Phil's problem in Groundhog Day. He found the woman that he loved and then he spent I don't know how many years uh, of day after day after day trying to figure out how to do just the right thing to earn her love. And it wasn't until he realized that he was enough. With all of his flaws and quirks and everything he brought in, though, yet he was enough and she could love 
him for him. That the cycle was broken, and I think that it's the same for you and for me. To reset today does not mean we need to do anything to earn God's favor. You are enough. He loves you as you are. He wants you to experience it fresh and new today. And so we reset today. And so Jeremiah calls to mind God's great love, his protection, his compassion, his faithfulness. Yesterday, yes, was a really bad day. And this season may have been a really bad season. But he's saying, God, because you love me and you protect me and you have compassion towards me and are compassionate, uh, you're compassionate towards me and, and you're faithful to me, I can receive today as one that has new possibilities and opportunities. How often do we miss out on today's new mercies because we are so focused on our yesterday? Not glossing over the heartache or the repercussions that yesterday may bring, but leaning into the fact that there is nothing that is beyond the redeeming hand of God. Amen? There's nothing, nothing, nothing beyond God's redemption. There's no one who is beyond God's redemption. And every day when we wake up and we open our eyes, he calls us into a new morning and the final key that not only do we reconcile yesterday and reset today, but we begin to release tomorrow. We, we, we take our, our eyes and our, our shift begins to move from placing blame on God um, or blame on others and, and uh, or just placing blame on God really and, and placing our outcomes on him. What I mean by that is is like Jeremiah, saying, God, why, why did you do that? Um, and, and, and I learned this a long time ago, that, that my language needed to change a little bit, and my perspective on how God operated in my life needed to shift. Um, from going, man, this, this seems really hard. God, why did you do that to me? Have you, have you said that before? Have you heard someone else say that before? Right? Why is God doing this to me? If he loves me so much, why is he doing this to me? Um, I had a, a, a change in my thinking through reading specifically through Lamentations. Um, and again, if you're caught in a season, man, read Lamentations. It's, it's heavy. Um, but it's really, really good. It teaches you how to get good language for, for grieving well. Um, God, why did you do this to me? And, and I realized reading through this that what Jeremiah is trying to say is, um, God isn't doing this to me. My enemies are doing this to me. The enemy may be doing this to me. My own choices may be doing this to me. God is not doing it to me. It is the collective sum of our experiences um, that we generally attribute to or blame God for when actually uh, they need to be attributed to uh, our actions or to the actions of others. So when we can do that, we can say, God, 
I think I have the right perspective. These choices that I made have led me to this moment. These, these choices that others have made that have affected me have led me to this moment in my life. And thank you that you're willing to redeem that. That you're willing to take it and make it new. Scott, I'm asking you to make it new. I'm going to reconcile it. I'm going to take it all. I'm going to lay it all at your feet. And I'm going to ask that you would uh, give, it, give back to me your compassion, your grace, and your mercy, and, and your faithfulness, and all those things that are available to me. And we hit that reset button, and today is a new day. Um, one, of, one of the things that, that really holds us back, not just, not just our yesterdays, but, but the reason we need to release our tomorrows is uh, tomorrow can be paralyzing, yeah? Especially if we haven't reconciled our yesterday. Man, I can't think about walking in tomorrow. Jesus recognized this. He was teaching his disciples in Matthew 6. And he taught them this. He said, for the pagans run after all these things. Like, God, how, how, how am I going to be taken care of tomorrow? Where am I going to sleep? Where am I going to put my head down? What, how are we going to eat? Uh, where's provision going to come from? And he says, the pagans run after those things. He says, your heavenly father knows that you need them. But first seek his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about when... Tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Each day. Today is enough. It's a new day. Today is not yesterday. And it won't be tomorrow. It's just the day that you get today. The breaths you get today are the breaths you get. so with those breaths, I'm going to reconcile yesterday well. But man, I'm going to release tomorrow. I'm going to let tomorrow be tomorrow. Doesn't mean I, I am irresponsible in planning or, you know, thinking about my future. But what it means is I'm not going to worry about it. Uh, one of my seminary professors once taught us that the way the ancients thought about their lives was very different than the way that we think about our lives. See, as good, like, Western thinkers, we view our, our lives with our yesterdays behind us a bit, and we're always looking forward to tomorrow. And we begin really quickly to forget everything that's happening back here as, as we're going through our lives, Right? I forget. That's why, that's why someone brings uh, the story to mind. You're like, oh, I totally forgot about that. Or how about God provided for me in a, a miraculous way when I was 19 years old. Yet here I'm facing this thing in front of me. And because my focus is here, I'm forgetting what he's done in the past. My teacher said that the ancients... Uh, would have viewed their lives this way. That tomorrow, this is the place where God resides. He knows tomorrow. So I walk with my back into the future so that my eyes are always focused on what it is that he's been doing. And I can always see my life 
um, as I'm progressing to the end of my days. Being able to see the full account in front of me. Trusting him with whatever is to come. And so we reconcile our yesterdays. We reset today and we release our tomorrows. This is important for us to grasp as a community. And here's why. I think a new season and the season of new beginnings is leading us into uh, a bit of a new vision for this year coming up. Um, if we're a community that is embracing a new day, a new, embracing the, the new me, right? The new you, the new thing that God is doing in you uh, daily, the call for you to newness. And if we are living in such a way where we are saying, today is a new day. I'm not going to let myself be railroaded or, or, or taken uh, off the path, like Jeremiah said. I've been pulled off the path, right? My grief of yesterday has pulled me off the path. But, but we live in such a way that when we wake up, we say, God, I am firmly planted on the path that you have me on. That means I will, I, I will look for the opportunity that you have today, the opportunities that you are giving me today, the opportunities not just for my own growth and development, but to be able to call others in to the newness that you want them to experience as well. Because we become so focused on, on, on this stuff that takes us off the path, we never see the person who he's saying, hey, bring that person on the path with you. I want to set them on a path. But I need you, I need you to do it. And so a number of years ago, um, I had uh, not done very well with um, reconciling my yesterdays, and I was still someone who was fraught with a lot of self-doubt and kind of those feelings of worthlessness, abandonment, all of those things. Um, and in my first ministry assignment, which was as a youth pastor in a, in a large and thriving youth group, um, I got swept up in the expectations of uh, you are going to serve day in, day out. Not really serve, didn't feel like serving. 70-hour, <laughs> uh, 80-hour weeks. And I, I, I did not have the capacity to handle it, and I burned out, and I quit. I walked away from ministry. And the words I used, because I'd been at that moment pulled off the path, were, I'm not called to this. Um, and uh, I told my church that, and, and they, they reluctantly accepted it, Although in a Walmart, one of the older gentlemen in the church who worked there part-time came up to me and he just pointed a finger in my face and went, you know you're wrong, right? <laughs> Thank you, Clark. Um, you know you're wrong. And, and God will redeem this. Okay. So away we shuffled looking for work, being disappointed along the way, uh, 
found our way down in Florida, went to a church where I had gone to school looking to see if they would hire me as a janitor or maybe a substitute teacher. Um, and I walked in and behind me walks the senior and executive pastors. And I said, hey, how's it going, guys? I'm Tim, I'm looking for some work. They said, tell me about your experience. And I said, well, I was working at a church as a youth pastor, and they stopped me. They went, we just came back from our district conference, and we decided we need to look for a new youth pastor. And I went, no, that is not what I'm going to do. I've said no to that. Um, and the senior pastor said, well, if you're ready to talk, come by and talk. I said, okay. And so on the way back, the ride back, the Lord convicts my heart as I'm driving and just says, what are you doing? You, you need to go back there. You need to talk to them. So I'm not done. So we, uh, I, I drove back and told Sarah about this and then we drove back and I drove back and sat down with Rick and... and started just talking to me about life and hearing my story and um, realized I was really just broken and needed a lot of healing. And so, well, why don't we take a walk? Let's tour around. And we toured and we walked around uh, and into the, the sanctuary there. And he's, we're just having a conversation. And I look in the back of the room and they're hanging as a banner that, that I saw, and it, it just spoke to my heart. It struck a chord. And the banner simply said, this is a safe place for new beginnings. And oh, God, I need that. I need a new beginning, and I need a place where it's safe. And, and in that moment, I, I, I knew, I was like, I'm going to come back to that. And I began down the process of healing and uh, restoration that led me all these years later to say yes to come to a little church in Pearl River, New York that was desperate for a new beginning. So this year and uh, vision for this year for me is a reclamation of an old one in a new setting. I believe the Lord is saying that it's time for the river to be a safe place for new beginnings. That means for anyone and everyone. That everyone we come in contact with that we know needs new. Say, hey, I, I know not just a place, but I know a person, his name is Jesus, and he loves to make people new. He loves to redeem. He loves to restore. To do this, we have to be willing to be made new continually. We can't offer a safe place if we're not a safe place. That means uh, in the next few weeks as we start to talk about identity, as we, we dive into soul care, and, and learn how to care for our souls, that we do it 
That means if there's stuff that's still lingering from our past that we need to reconcile and deal with, we do it. That means if we need counseling, we get it. That means if we need prayer, we humble ourselves and we receive prayer. If it means we need to learn how to pray for others, we do that. And those opportunities will all be there. Every day is a new day and has new opportunities. To receive a new spirit, to embrace a new heart, to engage a new mind, to reconcile our yesterdays, to reset our todays, and to release our tomorrows. And as we do this day by day, we, we draw closer to him, we become more like him, and we, we begin to draw others to him. How's it sound? Does it sound good? Does it sound like the kind of church you want to be? Does it sound like the church that he's kind of been saying we're supposed to be all along? So this year, I'm not really sure how we're going to get there, except that today is a new day. We're going to walk in today and we're going to steward it faithfully. And we're going to watch him create a place that is safe and in such a way that he's going to be drawing broken people, even some more broken than we are. Can you believe that? (laughs) Maybe some who aren't. He's going to ask us to deal with our brokenness. But each of us gets a new beginning. It starts today. And should he give you tomorrow and you wake up, he's giving you a new beginning and it starts today. Tomorrow could be your new today. Isn't that awesome? So stand together. We're going to come to the table. Um, I just want to bless you um, with that, that Jesus, uh, my brothers and sisters that are gathered here, today is their day. It's a new beginning today. It starts right now, like this moment. Right? You're sitting there going like, man, I, I feel like, yeah, I do. I need a new day. Just throw up your hand. Say, I need a new day. Right? I really need it. Come on. I need a new day. Lord, those, those who need it, uh, would they be overwhelmed today with your compassion, your mercy, your love, your, your care, your faithfulness? Lord, would they, would they see, hear your call to redemption um, and, and see your hand moving and working in their lives? Would, would you just, uh, I want you, whatever, whatever this looks like, if your soul had a reset button, could you see the hand of the Lord pressing it? And then whatever else happens today, listen, that doesn't mean you're going to live, you're going to walk a perfect day. It doesn't. That means tomorrow you're going to have to wake up again and go, God, would you, today's a new day with new mercies, and I recognize that. Lord, and I want to be a safe place. And so I'm, I'm stepping into my new beginning today. Do the work you need to do in me, Lord. Help me reconcile my yesterday well. 
so we can reset today. And Lord, I release tomorrow and its worries to you. You live there. I trust you. And, and, and as we come to the table of the Lord today, we, uh, we come remembering and celebrating like this, this was the moment that he was declaring the reset. Right? He offered his body. He gave it up freely. He shed his blood to declare a new covenant between man and God. A new covenant. New. To declare there's a new day. One which you are forgiven and you are reconciled by the blood of Jesus. Just take a moment, think about that. You're being made new. He has reconciled you. He's made you right with God. And he has promised by his spirit to make you new day in and day out. Day in and day out. And as you gather in his presence, he makes you more and more like Jesus. So God, we, we embrace this new season of becoming a safe place and we start it by coming to you declaratively um, saying that Jesus, you are our safe place. Amen.